0: Hi, I'm Liam.
1: And I'm Kelly.
0: And I'm K- and her,
2: and she's Kelly from Belleville, Illinois. From Belleville, Illinois. And you're listening to. Listening
0: yeah, to the,
2: the Girls Gone Wild podcast.
0: No, you need to say say the first word, then I'll say it. Then you need to say the okay. next word. Okay.
2: The girls.
0: The, and you're listening to the girls?
2: Gone. Gone. Wad. Wad. Podcast. Podcast.
0: You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy, and this is Claire. This is episode 201. We're in the 200s now. Woohoo! This week we have Steph Gaudreau on the podcast. You're back, Steph. Welcome. Thank
2: you so much for having me back. How's it going? We've missed you. I know. I feel like we haven't talked in ages, and life is is great, and things are great, and I'm so um, I'm so happy to be back on the show and congrats on number two hundo that's pretty amazing yeah
0: that was that was so much fun what a fun night 200 is a lot of podcast episodes i gotta say dude it is is.
1: there are people out there who've spent like a month of their life listening to us talk yeah (laughs) longer (laughs) than that how long is 200 hours no, now, 500, not that long, Five
0: thousand six hundred minutes. <laughs>
1: Joy, we have talked about this. You can't sing songs on the podcast. Sandy's, Sandy will get
0: mad. I'm going to cut that out. It's okay. I'm going to cut that out. I don't, it's a I lot of think hours. It's a month.
1: I think it's like a week actually, okay. because 240 hours is 10 days, right? That's how
0: math works. Mm hmm. That sounds great. I feel like Steph's husband would know the answer to this. Isn't he like super math minded? I don't know. But this hour, we're going to be talking to Steph. We're going to add (laughs) another hour to your listening pleasure. And we're going to talk to Steph Gaudreau. We want to hear all about what you've been up to. We want to hear about the summit. We want to hear about your podcast. We want to hear about life in general. I just saw today, I also want to talk about the article that was posted. Was it Self Magazine?
2: Yes, ma'am. Yeah.
0: So I want to talk about that a little bit. So um, let's just get up to speed with we, what you've been doing, especially with life in general and your projects
2: and where you, wherever you want to start. I guess the question is, what have I not been doing? Exactly. Um, <laughs> business wise, let's see. I don't know, for about the last year or so, I've actually been working with a couple of business coaches to sort of bring more systems into my business because I started this gig as a funsy blog, and it sort of slowly morphed into what it is today. And I have zero business background and no business education formally. So, you know, you get a certain way down the path, and then you're like, "Uh uh-oh, the way I'm doing things isn't going to work anymore. So I've been actually contracting a lot in my business in terms of cutting things away and changing my messaging a little bit to sort of better suit what I do, which... Stupid Easy Paleo is still the home of everything, but I'm much more interested in helping people be harder to kill human beings, and so that's that's sort of the overarching theme of what I do now, and that takes a lot of different avenues. You know, I've sort of spent some time distilling down my purpose. I've basically read everything Simon Sinek has written, and he's a huge hero of mine. So, my purpose is to help. People get stronger so they can achieve their full potential. And so what I do on a on a daily basis looks really different and it but it all points back to that purpose. So I have my Harder to Kill challenge. We brought back season two of the podcast. I've been writing a book proposal. We just launched the second women's strength summit. Yeah, that's that's a that's about it. And I'm still coaching weightlifting at the gym. So a little bit of everything. I feel like when people ask me what I do. I'm always like, uh, how do I say this succinctly (laughs) in one one easy to say sentence? Difficult.
0: Can I ask you a little bit about uh, behind the scenes with Harder to Kill Radio and how you really, uh, more or less what your mission statement is around that? Because I love how you segmented. The podcast and took a break for a while Mm. is there something that i guess changed for you and the focus i'm sure it goes along with everything else in your business but is there something specific to that content that you put out to the world of um i guess that there's a mission statement attached like certain type of guests like the the main message that you want to put out with that um avenue yeah
2: yeah i mean it's always been talking to people that i find are completely fascinating. And they are doing things in the areas of fitness, nutrition and mindset to help build unbreakable human beings. And that's not changed. But (laughs) as anybody who has a podcast knows, people are like, just do a podcast. And I'm like, uh that's not really how it works like there's actually a lot of work that goes into every episode and a lot of behind the scenes work that you never see so just just putting out a podcast episode isn't as simple as you know two or three people get together and record it and it just gets ble- bled out onto the internet somehow like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff as you guys know so um basically did a podcast every week for an entire year and with all the other stuff i was doing blogging and coaching and doing my online programs, it just got to be, the pace was just so high. And I thought, okay, I'll take a break. And I sort of needed... Time to think. I mean, the interesting thing is everybody that was on the podcast and all of my guests. I just think they're all incredible, and my audience constantly tells me they're like, "I found so and so through you." Like, I heard them on your podcast. They're some of my favorite people now. I follow them, and that is that to me is great. That ability to connect people is is awesome, and I love that aspect of podcasting. But I needed a break, and so I took a break. And and originally the intention was for three months to take a sabbatical over the summer and come back in the fall. And then as the fall came around, I just thought, do I want to keep this model? Like I kept feeling like in my gut there was something about the model of how I was podcasting that I wanted to change. I mean, being on the hook every week, it's great because it gives you a schedule and structure. But for me, it got to be really stressful. And once I got down to that dreaded, like, oh, we don't have any podcasts in the bank, then it was sort of always rushing to get an episode out. And I didn't like that feeling. So three months turned into four, five, and then six. And I still didn't really have an answer about what I wanted to do, how I wanted to change it up. And I was was literally scrubbing the bathtub one day. (laughs) And I sort of... Got the idea, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna change things up. I'm gonna center each episode around a certain theme. I'll have a, a co-host, and so I think the co-host scenario is a bit different than your typical guest comes on and you interview them. And um, I, I didn't I wasn't like sort of afraid to ask the hard questions and to have more unstructured conversation, I guess. And so that's basically how the second season has turned out. We've done nine episodes so far. Uh, it's been an average of every other week, so some of the pressure is off and. I've brought my husband on a bunch of times to be my co-host. Yeah, he was on other- your
0: first your first episode of the second season, which I thought was really yeah. cool.
2: Yeah, he's been on, I think, uh two times so far and he's actually coming back for episode ten. So we um, you know, we get together and talk and it's fun because we know each other's conversation style pretty well. But I've had, you know, some other folks on that I've known for a long time and so these are people who are more you know, they're like the folks who know me the best. And so I think they're not afraid to speak what's on their mind. And, and I really wanted the show this season to be more about like me exploring ideas that are important to me and what I believe and who, you know, the people I want to reach, but like, what is my message? And what are the, what are the topics? And so To me that's what a podcast is really fun that's the fun aspect of a podcast is I get to talk about ideas and shape those ideas and sometimes they become something and sometimes they never do but that was my intention with this season wasn't to be so much a connector this season was to be more like let me dive into my own stuff and what I really think is important
0: okay cuz Claire I feel like Claire's gonna make fun of me for this but I've sensed and I could be wrong but I've sensed just this peace and calm with you over the past year and I don't know if Mm. it's just like you've refined your vision But would I be off base in saying that you're kind of like, you've really stepped into your own and you've found some deeper meaning in everything that you do?
2: Thanks. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. Um, January or so of last year, and it actually goes back to probably the middle of 2015. You know, again, I've had I've had my blog for six years now almost. And I've changed as a person. My career has changed. I went from full time teaching to now doing what I do full time on the blog and all the other stuff that I do. And I really went through this kind of weird growth process where at first when it was for fun and I was doing the blog, I would just say whatever I wanted and I could really talk, I could really speak my mind and and bring my personality. And then when I left my teaching gig to do this full-time, all of a sudden the pressure felt really high. You know, grow your, grow your list, reach more people, put more things out there. And gradually through that, I found myself losing my own voice because I was afraid of offending people or losing followers, right? And so I went through that phase where then I believed the answer was to create... <laughs> It sounds so silly, kind of looking back, but create a separate website where I could do all the things I really wanted to do and the things I really wanted to talk about. Right, and, I and noticed in, that. Yeah, and in theory, that sounded great. Except I still had the other stuff to to run. Right. So then it became it became trying to run two things instead of one and divide my time and attention. And I realized that pretty quickly that I had created a problem for myself, because a lot of the stuff that I wanted to write could go could live on either website, right? And so yeah, it was a really sort of come to Jesus moment at the end of last year, and more actually January this year, where I I was like, you know what, I need to fold it all and put it back into one place. And I I took a look at just, you know, some business stuff and number some numbers and sort of looked at that side, too, because I think it's great to say like, screw it all, just go with your heart or whatever it is. But I mean, still got to pay the bills. And um, I I wrote a big article on Stupid Easy Paleo. I was like, I explained the situation and how I'd really taken myself out of the situation. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. I really wanted to come back and be more open and be more inclusive because Paleo has this you know, it has a reputation of being very exclusive and snobby. And it's just not it's not seen in a great light in a lot of places. And I was like, for right now, it's not about changing the website name. It's about changing the, the message and speaking more openly and empowering people to find their best path. And if that means they eat paleo, that's fine. But I have a lot of non paleo followers, too. Yeah. And they're like, I just like what you have to say. And so I've really Last year we were in Boulder at a at a business weekend um, with my coaches, and the the theme for them was sort of like stiffness and like can I bring more of myself to what I do? And and last year I spent it was like a really hard time with one of the two of my coaches. I, it was like basically being in therapy where we talked about all the things I was afraid of and all the things I was reluctant to say and why was I reluctant to do it? And, and so, yeah, I really did go through a bit of a transformation with that. And, and it's still unfolding as we speak, but I feel like now I'm a little bit more, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more comfortable and I'm just like, hey, this is who I am, this is what I believe, this is my purpose. And if it doesn't match up with yours, like, that's okay. We don't have to, we don't have to be internet friends. But (laughs) if you, if you are into it, then come over here and, and we can all hang out and talk about stuff. Yeah. And I just feel, I
0: remember when we first talked to you too, when you um, told your story about how you uh, left your teaching job temporarily, and then you always had the option of going back. And so it's to hear that as well of, of, I feel like when the stakes are higher, you really have. You probably are pushing yourself harder and harder, which was I could see how that split would be like. Well, I can't say everything here because I really want to make sure that I'm keeping this business alive, and I don't want to offend anybody, and you want to kind of please everyone, and that's just not possible. So I think if anything, your audience loves you and and knows how genuine you are, and that and that shows up, and that will be appreciated. But I could I could see how that would be a struggle.
2: It was really difficult. I felt I mean I'm a I'm a child of divorced parents, and it felt like in the middle, you know, it felt like. like. Like I was a kid in between my two websites, like what, who goes, where do I go now? Whose house am I at this weekend? Like, um, and not to, you know, that stuff's not fun, but at the same time, I really did struggle sort of like, what do I do with these two things? And it, it just got to be really difficult. And maybe someday we'll go in a different direction or we'll rename Stupid Easy Paleo. But for right, you know, I was letting that I was letting the name and the label and the, the box of the thing, you know, where does why do I categorize this? And I was le- I was letting that sort of distract me from the bigger issue, which was I wasn't being myself. Yeah, and I can be myself no matter where I am and what I'm talking about, and you know I sort of had to go through that whole cycle, and I finally feel like I'm I I read blog posts from 2011 now, and I'm like ah. There she is. Yeah, I was yeah. there the whole time. You know, and then I sort of lost some of that and, and now it's coming back. But it's been a weird, interesting process.
0: <laughs> do you think it you were afraid because you were trying to please everyone? Oh for sure. Yeah.
2: I think I was afraid, you know, you, you start when when things start to grow. See when you're a beginner and you don't have very many followers or, you know, you don't have this sort of track record to uphold, you're you know, at least for me, I was more inclined to take risks and do things that I liked and try new things. And, and and yet there's this weird shift that happens, at least it did for me, where the more followers I got, the more notoriety I got, the more people talked about the website and what I was doing. And the more followers I had, I felt like, okay, now I have to protect this or I have to keep it growing. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you're, in, you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to seek growth in your business and you're trying to measure that. And yet, as we all know, quality and quantity are not necessarily linked together. Yeah, So that was a big part of it.
0: So now you have this incredible, successful summit, and you did it in 2016, correct? So this will mm-hmm. be the 2017 Women's Strength Summit is going um, is so this will be your second round. Can you talk a little bit about where this came from your inspiration behind developing yeah, the summit?
2: There's a couple of different stories. It was kind of convergence. So when I left my job teaching in 2013, it was about a month later. And I was at a a holiday, like a 4th of July barbecue with um, Pete and Sarah Servold. So Pete's Paleo, if people know who that is, Mm -hmm. at their house. And, you know, I was basically a month unemployed and (laughs) trying to figure all this out. And Sarah was talking to me and she said, you know, you'd be good at doing summits. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I, I am not. That is no. Like I you know, I remember sort of like, I could never do that. But it, that the idea sort of stuck around in my brain, because in a way, it's a lot like structuring a curriculum, and I know how to do that. So I thought, okay, well, organization wise, I think I could do it. But it just seemed so just so huge and hard and I didn't even know where to begin. And so then about late 20s, about September of 2015, I was in a a business group on Facebook and somebody posted something about virtual summits. And I just thought, you know, screw that. You know, the health space is so crowded. There's so many summits. And the person who had written the post sort of challenged me in a nice way. They were like, why do you think that? And why do you have that assumption? And we got into a really good conversation about it. And so I decided actually, okay, fine, I'm going to do a virtual summit. (laughs) I still really didn't have any idea what I was doing, but I liked I liked the idea of women and being strong and helping women figure out how to be strong. And so that was sort of the, the vague idea that I had. And then, as I mentioned, this idea of sort of convergence, stuff happens, you know, stuff sort of seems to happen for a reason, oh, and totally. then you notice it and you're like, aha, so the universe is pointing me in that direction. Yes, it's so funny. And especially
0: when, so when the idea starts to plant or seed and then you just kind of it starts to grow from there and like little things will fall in your in your path that will support Mm. it so i think too just just starting to talk about it and just go i wonder how i could get this started sometimes the answers just kind of fall in your lap and you're like okay i'm supposed to do this
2: yeah well i think there's an aspect of being curious and open-minded right like when i was very close-minded i i couldn't see how it would be possible at all. Oh, yeah. And
0: yeah. then when
2: I started to sort of get curious and ask questions and be more open-minded, lo and behold, right, that, that sort of open-minded mindset starts to deliver things to you. And so I got an email from an organizer of another summit. This was for women. Um, and I won't name the name, but I, got, I was asked to be a speaker. And I went to the website to check it out. And it's a summit for women. And at the very top in the header was a, a guy without a shirt on. And... <laughs> And then about half the speakers were guys. And I got really mad. I got really upset by this. I got like really offended mm-hmm. that, okay, this is for women. And, okay, I'm going to say this because I've said this before and I think it's important to mention. Guys are, I have some amazing male coaches and they know a lot of things. But I just found it disingenuous that there was a summit for women that was made by mostly guys. And so I got, I got really pissed. And I thought, this is so unfair, this is unjust, like, we need something for women. Wow, why doesn't somebody do something like this? And, you know, why isn't this out there? And then pretty quickly, I realized that actually, it was my responsibility to do (laughs) do it. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And so that's how that's sort of how it evolved at the beginning. And I, you know, reached out to women that I knew, and I, I was afraid, you know, of am I going to find anybody that will even want to speak at this thing? I mean, they don't, I've never done it. And lo and behold, I, you know, had 35 women last year who most of them were personal friends and, and also people who are out there in the world doing great things for other women. And the ease with which, I mean, the relative ease with which it came together really surprised me. So that was the genesis of all of that. And at first I want, I was thinking about making it a women's strength training summit. And the more I tried to, sit down and write down my ideas for who would speak and what the topics would be and what the themes would be. I could not, I could not get away from the fact that this is not just physical strength. It's strength of body and mind and spirit and emotions and mental strength and Emotional strength um, and spiritual strength. And that was all very important to me as someone who really believes in holistic health. The person is multifaceted. We can't, if we only just ever eat the right things, but we don't take care of ourselves in other ways, can we really be a healthy, well rounded individual? Probably not. And Mm so that was really, I, I just kept being pushed back into that direction of like Women's Strength Summit, body, mind, spirit. I mean, so we have all of those different themes because women in my experience need that kind of expertise and guidance and coaching in multiple areas like they might have one area nailed down they're like yeah i go to the gym five times a week fitness is great but there's always like a but Mm -hmm. you know my mindset like i keep self-sabotaging myself or i have a lot of negative self-talk or you know i i'm really stuck on dieting and i just want to be able to eat intuitively or think a lot think a little bit less about food (laughs) i think a lot of us um have felt that way before. And so that's why it ended up being the Women's Strength Summit and not just strength training. And so, you know, I joke around, I think, you know, coming from my background, people are like, this is going to be an initiation into paleo and CrossFit. (laughs) I'm going to be converted (laughs) and preached to. And and it's not like that at all. We have women from so many different backgrounds and different uh, areas of, of physical strength and so many different dietary paradigms and just the messages is very inclusive and very welcoming. And so, um, you know, very often women come up to me and they meet me in public, and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't do this. You know, I don't do weightlifting. And I'm like, that's okay. Do you love what you do? And they're like, yeah, I love it. And I'm like, that's all that matters. <laughs> you know, so I think that's, that's the message I'd want to tell people is like, It's not just about squatting. It's not just about eating, you know, a certain diet. It's like, how can you be your strongest version of yourself? Because we're all so different. And we all have different life circumstances and likes and Mm -hmm. goals and backgrounds. And it's how can you be prescriptive of like, okay, I'm just going to write you a prescription about how you're going to be strong and happy and have a life that you love it's it can't be the same for everybody. So it's more about helping women by empowering them to examine their own lives and and try things out and um, consider themselves as a whole person.
0: And I think too, that we like to categorize and we like to put ourselves in a box, which is really, I mean, I get it, you know, speaking from someone who does CrossFit every freaking week. And that's kind of like, Oh, I'm a CrossFitter. And I categorize myself as such, but I like the vision for this too is um you know how you say on the description that when we come together as a community as sisters we're so much stronger than we are alone and mm-hmm. just kind of having the four pillar pillars of health how you go into nourishing moving thinking and thriving and kind of how that encapsulates encapsulates so many things in our lives and having mm-hmm. such a uh a, a very big variety of women that are speaking at this event. It's really cool. It's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So what did you, uh, I guess kind of how is it refined from, from last year and is there anything mm. specifically different that you're bringing to this year's summit?
1: Yeah. I think so, the other thing that I have a question about, sorry yeah. to just chime in. I feel like I've oh, been there sitting you over are. here just like, I know, I've just been sitting over here absorbing. Um, so I, um, in my previous job before I went to grad school a huge part of it almost exclusively was um coordinating these types of summits and it um it it's tended to kind of leave this weird taste in my mouth of like feeling like it was a little bit I don't know it just felt like you know a lot of times these people's messages and I think these were the types of people who like did the did the circuit right they did Mm. like the summit circuit and it felt like they were just giving the same information over and over with like a slightly different lens Mm. yeah or just like a different title and I think you know I know that you had kind of talked about um when you first started thinking about the summit you know you said oh I don't you know, I don't do summits. And, and I even remember last year when you reached out to us about this, my initial reaction was like, Uh, really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, I know. Yeah. I had this. Yeah, this thought. And so I, I kind of want to, like, bring that up a little bit, too, for people who are thinking, who are listening to this and thinking, like, man, I've heard about these summits. Like, they're oh, so yeah. cheesy. And you know, because and I know that I'm I'm glad that I can say that to you, knowing that you're not going to be offended by like Claire thinks my summits it's <laughs> cheesy. Oh yeah,
0: yeah.
2: But yeah.
1: I I kind of you know like I I know that I'm sure you probably thought about that, and so I kind of want to know like you know what um I guess what makes this different, but also like how do you how did you sort of address that question?
2: For sure, yes. Summits have a terrible reputation, <laughs> and <laughs> point blank. Um, so the way I learned to do summits, I was in I took a course and I am in a great Facebook group with um, a, a guy who I think teaches virtual summits in a really great way but beyond that, what I felt was really important last year and and people might not know this so I think it's important to to explain the sort of underpinnings is that most of the time when you do a virtual summit the Organizer will reach out, they'll say how many people are on your email list? Okay, you have to have at least 5000 people or you're not even going to be a speaker. So you better fit that criteria, um, or that criterion. And then by the way, you have to promise to email your list two times about this event or more, and sign a contract promising that you're going to do that. And to me, I was like, I don't, that's gross to me. I don't, I understand it from a business point of view, but it is completely counter to the spirit of sharing and helping women that this event is founded on. And so it was really, I
1: I think that's what kind
2: of always like got it, like
1: kind of got me about it was it was like the only thing that's making these people quote unquote authorities is the size of their email list yeah and, well, and, it it, may, and it may it it seem like does that mean that you know you you don't have a valuable message if you aren't like some sort of quasi like celebrity or if you aren't using all the the buzzwords or you know and so I don't like just you know looking at the folks who are in your summit you know like we've talked to Lindsay Matthews she's amazing you know like we've talked to probably half these people Noel from you know oh my gosh Cassie from mm-hmm. <laughs> Fed and Fit like these women are and I mean not to say that those women that they obviously are very well known but it's it's just interesting like i feel like whenever i've seen another summit it's been like i don't know even know who these people are they just kind of do this do the circuit whereas i feel like the, it's just so interesting it seems like you've taken a totally different approach to how you've grabbed your people
2: yeah it, well i looked out so that's the first thing is when i set this up behind the scenes i don't have any contracts i don't care what people's email list is because i also understand how marketing works too and if somebody has a really giant Instagram account and they're like, I'm gonna share this cause I love it and I believe in the in what you've created. More power to your elbow, man. Like, I'm not gonna tell you how to promote to your people and what you get traction on and how you like to share and what your messaging is and how often you do it because the minute I put a stipulation on you, that changes the dynamic, doesn't it? And, and like I said, I understand people, if they're listening and they make some of themselves, there's a reason why people do what they do. However, I decided I was gonna do it differently it still succeeded i you know what i mean like i believe in that there is abundance i believe that if this event is quality it will speak for itself that we need to get this into the hands of as many women as we can and the other thing is, too, you're exactly right. There are women who I absolutely adore that I have found by chance. Like my co- one of my coaches, Allegra Stein, she's the very first speaker in this summit. I found Allegra purely by coincidence through B-School. And she changed my life. She's been an amazing coach and mentor to me and a friend. And I'm like, I want everybody to know Allegra's message. And she doesn't have like 100,000 Facebook followers. She doesn't have a, an email list that's like, you know, 100,000 email people on her email list i just believe in what she has to say and so you know there's a mixture of women on this but these are all women who i personally have they've i've worked with them they've been my coaches um i love what they have to say i i am part of their communities i see what they're doing every day i believe in their integrity and that's really important to me because this kind of event is for is for the women that are around the world want They want to learn from people who know what they're talking about, but they have integrity and they care. And that's my job as the organizer, right? I'm the curator. I'm not the expert here. I'm just bringing all these people together. But what I've done is I've decided, okay, this is the kind of event we want to have. These are the kind of values that I want the speakers to bring. This is the kind of message that we want to promote overall. I mean, everybody has different opinions, but you know what I mean? So you're not going to hear like, you should eat 1,200 calories a day and then hear, oh, but intuitive eating. Like, we're all oh God, I, we're, we're all on just the same saw, page, right? I just
1: saw this amazing thing. I have to just interject here and said, Yeah. nutritionist says... A nutritionist, you should eat twelve hundred calories a day. Me, okay. And how many at night?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, I'm sorry. You know, Did you, I like literally just thought I had to pop that in. There. That's hilarious. No, and you know what I mean. So the problem is, yeah. is that right now we've never had more information available to us. Like it's information overload, and. A woman, I I mean, this is how my journey happened. I, in 2010, was like, I need to change the way I'm eating because it's not working. I'm going to try CrossFit because the way I was exercising wasn't working for me. Yeah, just to give
0: people, I'm sure most everyone knows that you were an endurance athlete before.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I used, so I was uh, like a hardcore endurance athlete and basically got down to a really low weight and still was believing that I was too heavy, I was too fat, obviously had some body dysmorphia going on, and I used exercise and food as a way to control my body. And that's not a very, it wasn't a very healthy thing for me. So I changed things up and slowly but surely I started to find the, these women. Dawn Fletcher last year who spoke was one of the first coaches I ever worked with. And she also changed my life. I mean, these are women who I, they're personal friends, they're, I have found them by chance on the internet and I'm like if I could just save somebody else the pain of having to go through and sort through all the junk that's out there and give them like a really solid collection of experts who are women and understand what they're going through and say here you go like you want to hear about this here's this person you want to talk about menopause okay we have her if you want to you have teen girls and you want to be able to talk to them here she is if you want to talk about birth and postpartum here you go if you want to talk about strength training if you want to you know what I mean it, it's the whole gamut but it's been filtered already so that all the junk and all the noise isn't in there and so yeah if summits have a terrible reputation and and claire i'm glad you brought it up because a lot of times people are like oh no really and i'm like you know there's an opportunity to to own all the talks for life and that's great if you want to have it if you just want to listen to one talk for free on a tuesday that's fine too my ultimate goal is to just support women in the areas that they need to be supported and I you know as the person who's organized this event and who's hosting this event that has to permeate through everything that we do and that's really really important that everybody's on the same page and so that's how I've brought the speakers on I mean you mentioned you know people repeating the same talks we have I think nine returning speakers and 15 new if I'm doing my math right 15 <laughs> or 16 new speakers, Um, the returning speakers are all talking about something totally different to what they talked about last year. So, for example, Molly Galbraith, right, she's Girls Gone Strong. She's talking about um, this year community and leadership and how to find your tribe. And last year she talked about how to get through plateaus in your training. You know, and so, like, yeah. I really made it – it was really important to me that if they people came back, they weren't just rehashing the same talks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's no fun. So, yeah, that was, that was hard for me. You know, I had to really sit down and think about – going to talk about what and on what day and how we're going to organize it and it was a huge challenge but i'm really proud of what we put together this year i think it's really really good
0: And i can't help but notice too that you know as i noticed your journey is kind of really honing in on who you are and your vision that the event's gonna really kind of follow suit and and just get a little more rich every year i could see that happening yeah and i and i also like the the vision of, I guess, really addressing like how you don't fit into society's mold and how we're constantly facing that every day. I, I do want to talk about the article that you just that just went, I, I would say it went viral, but I'm not I don't want to veer away yet if we want to talk more about the summit. But I really want to <laughs> talk about that too, because I feel like it blends really well together as well with the summit and with that article of how it's like the perfect example of like, this is exactly what we're trying to help women avoid is that criticism and feeling like, okay, I don't fit in and and there's just all this information coming at me and I don't look like that. Or how do I train? How do I eat? um, And we're Mm -hmm. thinking about it too much, etc. I I don't want to veer away too much, but I do because I want to really get into the summit if there's more details that you want listeners to know. But I I want you to talk a little bit about the experience of that article that you just wrote. That horrible comment, which I'm sure we all we all you know know that that's out there. But the article that talked about body shaming.
2: Again, I think people think, okay, well, this is something that's going to be about like paleo and weightlifting or whatever. And it sort of goes back to what are the main areas where women need support, and so. It was really important to me, at least this year. Last year, I didn't do such a great job. It was a bit harder to do, (laughs) but it's the first time, and you're just sort of like drinking from a fire hose. But this year, everything is structured around. Every day has a theme, and this will play into what I'm going to talk about in a minute with the the blog post. But you know, it's sort of again, there's a huge responsibility for me to think about how is this going to be presented and what is the what is the tone? What is the message? What is the information? And and what is what are women gonna take away from it? So this year, every day is a theme. Day one is mindset. Day two, movement. So we don't call it exercise. We don't call it fitness, even per se. We don't call it, you know, working out it's Mm -hmm. like movement right so broadening how can we broaden this nourishment again how can you broaden the concept of nourishment and it's not just diet it's not just macros it's not just paleo it's not just one particular thing Um, we have a whole day for women's health and so obviously the whole summit does revolve around women's health in a variety of ways but we have four of our doctors coming on to talk about a a woman's life basically from birth to menopause and different things that Are going to come up and how to address those and then we have kind of two new days one called empowerment and one called tribe and i felt like last year the empowerment and tribe topics didn't you know we didn't have a theme for that and and yet those are two of the most important things along with mindset that women keep telling me, hey, like, I, go, I get it. Like I I, under- I go to the gym, but I'm still struggling with this mindset piece or I just feel so alone. You know, how can I find other women that are like me that are going to understand what I'm going through? And so some of those themes have transcended what last year really was. Again, sort of like talking about some of the, the more not necessarily atypical, but the stuff that your typical summit wouldn't get into or a lot of people want to skirt around that issue so for example nagar fanuni this year uh last year she talked about bar basically um kettlebells and yoga and you know meathead yogi stuff and this year she's talking about intersectional feminism and so these are some of the things that it's like women aren't talking about, or they don't feel comfortable talking about, or they don't know how to talk about. So it goes beyond just the surface. And again, like I think back to the summit that I was invited to speak at, and it was basically like how to get a hot body was the was Ugh, the topic yeah, of the summit. Right. Spine.
0: Take again, your shirt off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But we we as women, like we know that stuff is out there. We could go find it, but what are the things that we're really struggling with? Like, can we peel it back? Can we peel the layers back? Can we go below the surface?
0: Yes. And can
2: we start talking about some of this stuff that's just, we know these are real issues that we're all struggling with. Like, like the example I gave is, was menopause, right? Um, we have a speaker talking about menopause, Dr. Anna Kabeca, uh, Dr. Jolene Bright is talking about hormonal birth control and how to deal with that. Like, these are all things that women are facing and just how do we get beyond the old like oh, okay, here's how to get your six-pack, and here's how to whatever. Okay,
0: yeah. I, I want to interrupt you Great. for one second because I'm like, this yeah. is totally firing me up because I'm like, okay, if we think about it, I love how you're putting this. Infor- <laughs> well, yeah, I love how you're putting this information in a, in a way that's like, this is what we need to be paying attention to because if you think about it, think about all the things that we scroll through throughout our day and that's suggesting all of these thoughts. Now, I don't want to get into this huge philosophical conversation, but think about <laughs> all the things that we just kind of passively let float in front of our eyes and we just absorb it where I feel like your approach is more like, no, we need to take this by the balls and we need to be like, this is what we need to focus on. And this is what we really need to shift our life around instead of, in a way, we almost allow ourselves unconsciously to just take this, bullshit information in and then just like be like well i guess we need to be doing that it's like the power of suggestion where if you're like sure you know looking for if you think of a vw bug you're going to see video vw <laughs> bugs all day so yeah. i feel like this is so profound too especially for the content that women need to be absorbing instead of the bullshit that flies through our eyes every single day that we feel like we have no control over
2: well you know and so i think <laughs> I, not and again, <laughs> I use the example of six pack abs. Like, if you want a six pack and like that's that's your thing, that's fine. And not everybody's going to be ready to hear a message that's a bit deeper. But for the women who are, and they're like, I know this is going to have okay. It's typical, like you know, for my story is very typical of a lot of women. I wanted a body transformation because I thought it was going to make me finally happy. And I like I remember getting to my lowest weight on the scale and momentarily get the little hit of dopamine where I'm like, yes, I've done it. And then I'm like, well. What the heck? What now? You know, I thought I was just a, like, everything was going to change. And so, for the women who want to go beyond the typical stuff that's out there, and believe you me, marketers are super good, at, like the successful ones are really good at what they do because they know how to push our buttons and they know how to get to us psychologically and they know how to build all sorts of like irresistible things into what they do. But if you're kind of like, all right, I'm skeptical of some of this stuff, like I want to take the conversation further, some of these things that we're talking about are. You know, like one of our speakers is talking about if you work in kind of a male dominated industry, what, how do you handle that? I mean, yeah, one I was, of our, I was
1: just about to say, like, I think that those, that message like joy that you're talking about of like you just kind of see this messaging and you you sort of just accept it like well this is just the way the world is like i think that that i mean i see that like even in the workplace day to day you know that like mm-hmm. it's so easy as a woman to just kind of think like well this is just the way things are like i guess this is just how i'm going to live my life and not ever stop to think is this really the way i want to live my life and like are these really the assumptions i want to have and you know that applies so much to your body but just like to your life choices i all you know i think like joy and i just had a conversation the other day with julie bauer about like the decision to have kids and you know and like even just down to those you know those types of things where it's like do people how often do you really stop and think okay This is what I know is expected of me. Is that really what I want?
2: Absolutely. So the roundabout way I was getting to this blog post that I wrote because somebody made a rude comment on a picture that I posted and the caption was like, you get to define what strength looks like to you or Mm -hmm. what strength is to you. Which is very like, hey, do you do you, man, and I'll do me and we're all going to be okay. It was just the way it was written. And 99.9% of the times I'm like, delete and block, delete, block, delete, block. Like, I don't have time for this. I don't want to get into a conversation with a troll. I don't want to get into it and go back and forth. And something about this particular comment, and I don't know if it's because the summit, I would, you know, this happened on a Saturday and this, you know, where we're scheduled to release free tickets and everything starting on the summit on May 1st. I don't know if it's just because this stuff was on my mind. But I, you know, sent the said the post sent the comment to a friend of mine, friends of ours in New Zealand, and they were like, are you are gonna do something about this, right? And I was like, I'm already writing a blog post about it, because <laughs> it wasn't about so my blog post is called Mind Your Own Body, an open letter to body shamers. And my response to the to the person who commented on Instagram was basically like, luckily, I'm in a position where at this point in my life, and I've gone through the journey, and it's not perfect, but I feel like I'm pretty much on the other side of a lot of the crap that I dealt with seven or 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. I can I can take your comment in from a very objective lens and go, okay, you can have your opinion. That doesn't change how I feel about myself. But there is going to be a woman or a girl out there who reads that and, and it looks at me and is like, her body's like my body and just goes into a tailspin because they are like, yes, I'm fat. You know, the person's like, you have cellulite, um, you're overweight not attractive, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and I was like, luckily, I've worked on that aspect of my strength enough where I can weather that and it doesn't change how I feel about myself. But somebody out there is going to see that or they see similar things throughout their day, and it does affect them. And it, it like when I say it affects them, I, I want people to understand that like the stress that those things create, whether they're self created thoughts or thoughts that you internalize from somebody else, literally change your body, they change your hormones, they change your neurotransmitters, they change your gut bacteria, they change how you handle things, they affect your entire being. And, and so my point in writing the blog post was not, I'm just going to get back at this person and say a bunch of snotty things and try to retort back was like, can we use this as a conversation piece? Can we use this as a jumping off point? Can we use this as a way to kind of examine what we do in our own lives and be aware and it's not about, so one of the things I wrote about was like, can can you keep track of in a day, how many comments you make about somebody else's body or your own? And it's amazing how easy it is to do. And the point isn't like at the end of the day, you look down and you see how many marks you have on your paper and think, well, I'm a t- the most terrible person that ever walked the planet. So <laughs> you know, I, I suck It's to just be aware. And so I really wanted to use this And I sat down and I wrote the blog post in about two hours and I just wrote from my heart. I really did. It wasn't like, what things can I put in here that will make it viral or will make people share it? It was like, I'm just putting it all out there. This is how I feel. This is stuffness on a, you know, (laughs) on a page basically and people started sharing it and and I think it was because like I really tried to make the connection between a lot of things it's like yes we have to understand how to deal with people's words and it's our responsibility to react to things however words also do hurt people um I didn't mention it in this in the blog post but after I quit my teaching job about six months later I was living in Scotland with Z and I was looking back at the news from home And I saw a familiar name in the news. It was a student who I tutored and he jumped off a pedestrian bridge and killed himself because kids bullied him. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, this, this shit is real. Like people are really hurting. And if they're not at a point where they can't see or their physiology and their bodies and brains and like everything about them has changed because they've internalized so much of this hurt. Like we can't just absolve it and say, oh, sticks and stones, they break bones, but they'll never hurt me. You know, I, I just don't think like we and it starts with the individual person. Right. So for me to look out in the world and just say everybody else needs to just change how they do things and be nicer starts with me being nicer. It starts with me being more kind and compassionate. And that's all I can do. Right. Yeah. Well, I think
0: you bring up a good point, too, is is. As adults, we're expected to kind of handle it and in a way that's like, oh, I'm going to take the high road. And I I think that taking the high road isn't always ignoring. I think taking the high road is is explaining it from a place of trying to be like what you did, where you're kind of going, okay, how can I make this? How can I turn this into something that I'm reflecting with of my own behaviors as well? So. Yeah it's not that you're you know taking the high road is like we're not we're just going to ignore the bully but we're also going to yeah. just we're going to have a productive conversation about it because i don't think that we need, we need to just ignore it but i also want to bring up that adults are bullies as well and i feel like we face oh, yeah on, we face online bullying all the time and we probably don't recognize it as that because as adults, we're like, oh, well, we should be more mature, but this is really hurtful. And, um, you know, Julie Bauer just posted this on her Instagram stories today of just the same thing where someone made a really mean comment and I could see tears in her eyes and nothing really shakes that girl, um, you know, mm-hmm. on the on on what she portrays, but I could see how hurt she was. And I'm like, man, people really get, a. I, I don't want to say get away with it because I do believe in karma, but I... <laughs> But I, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to bring it to a discussion of like, of, hey, everyone, can we just be a little more aware? And can we have this discussion of pay attention, just pay attention to, you know, even how much you're judging people in your inner dialogue throughout the day.
2: Well, and it's usually a reflection of stuff that's going on with us as well. And, and that's, you know, if you want to get into that, like Byron Katie and Brene Brown and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, yeah. go do some, go do some reading. But, you know, I think it's a confluence of a lot of things social media, gives us the opportunity to not look someone in the face. And, and I wrote about this too. It's like, you know, when we were all sort of like really tribal or like living in these tight knit communities, and you did something to somebody that was not nice, you usually had to face them, right? And my husband says it this way. He's from Scotland. So he always says that the, the pastimes are binge drinking and casual violence. But he's like, you know, he used to go to a bar and like, you'd be eyeing somebody up like you want to fight. And then you say you mouth off to them and like you go out in the parking lot and someone gets punched and you get a black eye like that's the consequence. But nowadays, especially in the online world where a lot of this stuff is happening and especially with kids and teens is um, there, you know, you get to mouth off and nothing happens. And you you get the rush right you get the dopamine of like ha ha or the adrenaline of like being the one who won up the uh, the other guy or the other girl and then there's absolutely no consequence for you um, you know get punched in the face and so I think it's a lot of things going on I think women too um, and and Erin Brown was part of the summit last year and she spoke about this very eloquently this year. You know, Nagar, Jen Sinkler, Molly Galbraith, you know, a lot of these women are talking about basically internalized misogyny and and all of these like low key misogyny, misogynistic things that happen in our world and that we do without even thinking about it. You know, and it's the classic paradigm. It's like women, you're either too flat chested or too buxom, you know, you're too slutty or you're too prude, you're too muscular or you're too whatever. Like we can never win. And that was my point, too, is like we we wage these judgments on each other as women. And we could do a whole other show on patriarchy, but we won't go there today. But, you know, these are these things are really going on and we don't even realize that we're doing them. And, you know, I talked to some of my friends after they saw this post. They were like, I actually read this with my daughter or I printed this out and I'm going to have. I'm gonna read it to my daughter's soccer team, and and so I went back and made like a PG version that didn't say sex and like that <laughs> words, but um, <laughs> you know, I I think I was so you know everybody it was funny because people are like oh congratulations like your blog post got shared And I'm like this is not about me at all like it's like it's great I did a thing and like yeah it's that's nice and I appreciate the sentiment but at the same time like this is about spreading this this message. And I, I said this a little over the last couple of days, like, I'm only I can only amplify my voice so far. But when somebody tells me that they're going to print this off and read it to their daughter's soccer team, and then like 10 girls are going to hear that. And then I, sometimes I don't know how to handle that emotionally. It's yeah. very, it's very emotional for me. It's very um, humbling. It's incredibly humbling. And, you know, I, I think part of the reason why I've had this Part of this transformation is you know i don't know about you ladies but you get to a point where you're like okay check check the boxes off this maslow's hierarchy of needs you know you're like i got a diet pretty much handled i get good sleep i'm safe you know i feel good i feel relatively healthy most of the time
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you get to a point and you're like okay well now what
0: mm-hmm. you know
2: am i gonna just live in my little bubble or you know what am i gonna do with this and what's my purpose and i think that sort of all goes back full circle to really trying to think about like, what what am I, why am I here? And if I don't have to worry every day or spend a lot of energy thinking about my diet, and I'm not in the thick of it. And I'm sort of more on the other side. I mean, I have my days, but more days are good than not. Like, what do I do with that?
0: Mm -hmm. And you have all this knowledge, right? You have all this knowledge that you've accumulated over the years and just being you over your lifetime. But I feel like, you know, we can we can get stagnant. And we can kind of check the boxes, like you said, and then And then just be like, "Well, I think I got it all handled, but then you kind of look around and you're like, "Well, now what do I do and i i just I just feel like the the piece of you know helping people get stronger or you know reaching their full potential and being the inspiration for that is just is just really cool
2: thanks it's um <laughs> we always joke, you know uh spider-man with with uh great power comes great responsibility yeah totally right you know but but it sounds cheeky but it's sort of like in a way i mean there are a lot of women who were in the position that i was in seven years ago or ten years ago when i just couldn't even conceive of a way to not feel that shitty every day right and now i'm 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 on the other side of that. And, but I remember what it was like and I'm like, you know, Simon Sinek says it really well. He's like a good leader is somebody who sort of like believes in you when you don't really believe in yourself. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel like that's sort of what my job is right now, at least with what's going on and what I see happening and what I've been given and, and the resources that I have is like, we watched an awesome documentary called happy. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. And And they were like, okay, so once you've sort of met your basic needs, like more stuff and more money and more things doesn't necessarily make people happier. Mm -mm. It's a sense of purpose and a sense of community and a sense of giving back. And I think that's what you, you two do so well is you're not just like, we're going to get on here and just talk all the time. It's like, we have a community and we we're trying to build that and lift people up who need help, need that help. And like, you know, put our arm around them and let them lean on us when they need it. And I think that is that's irre that's irreplaceable that's
0: absolutely irreplaceable and Claire and I talk about that all the time, but i th- I think you can relate to that as well is that the 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 feeling it comes from the feeling of just creating this amazing community of people that it's not about the show and and we can have a beautifully curated Instagram feed, but then there's days where we're like eh this is just not real life. And I think that's kind of what my hope is, at least for a lot of us women that have uh, that have established this voice is that we're moving towards that of kind of building up the community as opposed to how many followers you have. Um I don't think mm-hmm. that was ever any of our goal in the first place. But you know what I'm saying? It's just that oh, for
2: sure, that yeah, genuine,
0: yeah. like forward looking attitude that I think is really important.
2: Absolutely. And you know, like with what you you did for your 200th episode and bringing together all your people and it would it wouldn't have been as fun without them it, it you know like bringing everybody together and and i know as the world gets more tech driven and and believe me i mean technology has changed my life that's how i met my husband like it's how we <laughs> sustained our relationship when we were living on opposite sides of the world but the more i just can't shake this feeling that we need those we we really do need the in-person connections. And, and I know when I talk to people in person and I'll meet them at workshops and in the grocery store and stuff, I'm like, I get this little glint in my eye and I think they probably think I'm kind of nuts because I'm like, ooh like get near me so I can like I want to hug you, first of all, if you're not a hugger, too, too bad, like you're going to get a hug. And like just be in my space and let's there's just an energy that you cannot fabricate in any other way. And so it's great to stay connected through the distances and technology is certainly wonderful for that. But I mean, I just cannot and and you know, I mean, this is one of the reasons why CrossFit is so popular in a way, is because of there's such a strong community there and whatever sport it is or whatever interest you have, like try to get out and meet some of those people in real life. And when you combine the common interests with the community. It's unstoppable. It's the best feeling in the world. And and I feel like we need more of that. So I know there's days too
0: that you probably I don't want to say I mean, we all have doubts. But Z, I'm sure is one of your biggest supporters. Is there anyone else that you Mm -hmm. really lean on as a mentor? I don't know, get inspiration or push you through those difficult moments?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many people. Um, and the funny thing is, is like, I look back at all of the things I've been involved with. And I mean, I still have a lot of friends from the cycling world. I have a lot of friends from CrossFit, because I still coach at a CrossFit gym. But you know, a lot of friends from CrossFit world that I met through that sport and people I met through weightlifting and people I've met through paleo. And we, <laughs> we have a little chat on uh, WhatsApp with our friends from New Zealand, Jamie and Anastasia. And they've been on my show a bunch. And um they are just two incredibly great people. And since they live in New Zealand, we call them the hobbits and <laughs> they, they they call us the dwarves. So there's a little Lord of the Rings nerdiness for you. Dallas Hartwig is another person who always makes me think stuff that I don't always want to, want to think about. But yeah. he's he's a great friend. And, um, you know, there, there's just so many people who I know from different, like, past lives that are that are fantastic. But, yeah, Z, um, today's our anniversary. But, I know, I uh, saw the... that post. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thanks. So I'm, like, thinking about it a little bit more today. But, you know, um, he does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for me that no one would ever really know about. And he's just really the person who challenges me probably the most i'll read things to him that i write and he will get that look on his face and i'm like damn it something he doesn't like something that i wrote and we'll talk about it and he really does push me to be a better and to be a better coach and you know we spend a lot of time together and people probably are like how do you stay married you know you're together like 24 7 and i love it i love being with him and training with him and Although we're we're now exploring slightly different um, interests on the side, like I'm doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he wants to do sword fighting. So that's awesome! <laughs> like, and I do what? some different stuff too. Yeah, like swinging swords at people and, and stuff. Not fencing, like broadswords and like, haha, that's like stuff. gladiator so. style. Yeah, yeah like yeah. he's legit uh-huh. Lord of the Rings, pretty much. So you know, but he's he's probably the person who is th- isn't is the number one. I mean, my friend. Kristen Roberts is also my attorney, which is a weird, kind of an odd relationship to most people would think that was really strange. But she's in stupid easy paleo, being what it is. And uh, my friend Teresa Larson, I mean, just so many amazing, you know, amazing women, Jolene Brighton. I mean, these are all people that are on the summit. They're just women that inspire me. And I think they're so amazing and so strong. And I think it's great to have so many people from different interests and like, you know, different perspectives. And now I'm going to feel bad because I probably left somebody out. But <laughs> 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 no, so many people. I, I mean, it does. It, and I, I'm, I'm very transparent about this. I'm like, the summit would not be without... This is a, this is a group effort. This is not just like... It might have sprouted out of my brain, but there were a lot of other people that watered it and fed it and tidied it up and, <laughs> you know, nurtured it along the way. I mean, I couldn't do it without the speakers, without Z, without the people like doing tech stuff behind the scenes. I mean, it's a it's a real group effort and it's because everybody believes in it that it, it, it works. That's the reason why it works.
1: So I know we, we got to wrap up here, but I want to just kind of going off of that, you know, I know that for Joy and I, like one thing that's interesting about having this podcast is that in a way it, you know, puts us in this position of being sort of the curators of this community. And, you know, I don't think that's something that we ever really necessarily set out to do to be in like a leadership role like that with kind of to your point before of like really being grateful for for everything and everybody that we've been able to bring together but at the same time you know it really puts us in a position of like the spider-man situation and <clears throat> i think i'm just curious like th- with this summit specifically putting yourself out there as an authority saying you know ultimately this these are messages that you have curated and that you have have brought together to say hey if you are a woman who is wondering you know what strength and vitality and all these things look like in your life i i think that these are some of the answers mm-hmm. how has that how do you think that that's changed the way that you look at what you're doing and i mean like do you feel like that has changed the way that you perceive your own i guess kind of like power within your community
2: <laughs> yeah you know it's funny i had a, an interesting conversation with Jen Sinkler. Um, in January, you know, this is along around the time of all the marches, the women's marches and stuff like that. And, you know, people are like kind of looking at me like, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? And are you going to say anything? And, you know, part of it is <laughs> our, our green card process is still not complete. <laughs> so we're still waiting for certain things to come through. And there's some reluctance for me to, like, make political statements because I have a public public platform And we have a very, you know, we have a private thing in our private life that has to do with immigration and all sorts of other stuff. And so, but it got me thinking, I had this conversation with Jen about stuff, about all these things that are happening and women's issues and intersectionality and just everything that got stirred up around that time. And, you know, it sort of started to make me think... A little bit more about again about the platform and about do I have any I mean I'm like do I have any authority like do I have any power I am just a blogger but I'm not just a blogger um, I'm somebody who speaks about certain issues and while whilst my Instagram feed has been relatively non-political I feel like that open my eyes to the fact that I have built this amazing community. And they do ask me, they do look to me for advice, and they do look to me for answers, and they do look to me for guidance, and that there is a responsibility there. And I may not choose to make very politically charged statements on my business account but that doesn't mean that I can't make other yeah I can't take a stand for other things and so I don't know if I'm ready to do those other things yet and but at the same time that was one of the reasons for writing this body shaming post right because normally I would just delete things and block the person and I was like right but okay, what if we just talk about this more? And I share my story again in a different way. And and so I do, (laughs) I I said this to Z the other day, one of my, uh, so my harder to kill challenge, one of my very beautiful harder to kill challenge members has gone through an interesting personal story and she's about to have a baby and she talked about how our little community of harder to kill challenge members and our our little group that we have there has helped her through her pregnancy and like she's changed her mindset and I was just like I had this moment of almost sort of being paralyzed for a minute where I was like my god like I'm 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 helping people like shape the course of other people's lives and I do not take that lightly. And and yeah. I think yes, there is a growing responsibility. And there are things that I'm not super well versed in and I know I need to learn about and ask questions. But the one thing I have found out or not found out necessarily, but the one thing I've realized a lot in the last year or two, especially in the last year, is that I don't know anything about anything. I am still learning so many things and I'm still very open minded. So if I can be transparent about that too, but just say like, here's some of the things I'm struggling with, like let's, let's talk about this together. That's a very, that's a very much different position than I know everything and you need, just need to listen to exactly what I say and do exactly what I do. You know, there's a, there's a different vibe, I think. And and it's one thing to have knowledge, like technical knowledge of certain subjects, but it's another thing to know how to work with people and how to cultivate community and how to be a leader. And, and I think that's, I'm sort of in that, that beginning, those beginning stages. And I never want to be the person, by the way, who's like, you're... You know, like, you're the one that that we look up to, and I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm a person, I'm a normal person like you. Like, I'm sitting here in my sweaty gym clothes drinking, like, cold tea, and my house is a disaster. Like, I'm a normal person. I'm figu- <laughs> I'm figuring this out with you you know, so I don't want to be I don't want to be put on a pedestal. I don't want to be elevated to that. Like you're a guru, like you're this mythical figure. I'm like, No, I want to be down here with you all. And I want to figure it out with you. And I think that's, that's the difference between like somebody who's a real leader and somebody who's just like I'm really popular and so I'm gonna act like you all have to listen to everything I say like I, I, I don't I want to be sort of on the ground with everybody and, and that's really important to me so I don't know like if I can inspire people to make change I think that's fantastic like if I'm there to help give them advice and like best practices or point them in a certain direction, that's great. But the more I do this, the more I realize I can't give a prescription to everybody and say like, eat this and do exactly these things and your life's going to be fantastic. It's more to like, and that's easy to do, right? It's easy to do those things and just say, this is exactly what works for everybody. Just go do that thing versus here's some things you can try, come back and talk to me, we'll figure it out together. And that stuff's really messy, yeah. right? No one wants to not that many people want to be in that role where I'm like, I'm going to help you out. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. I feel, I don't know. There's a lot of emotions that are going on, especially this week. It's a, it's a strange, but wonderful thing.
0: Well, it's definitely kind of like this existential thing, too, of like how much power that you have to – power in a good way of just the influence that you have for other people. And as this continues to grow, it's like your husband says – "What is it your husband that says with great power comes great responsibility? Well, that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, sorry. So (laughs) – I do want to say, I know I noticed on your Instagram that you read Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Banton. And I promise this is like our lightning round because we do have to tie up. But what's um, the first thing that comes to mind of what you took away from that book? Human beings need to solve problems. And then last but not least, what's in like two words, something that you feel truly passionate about putting out into the world? More love. And let's end on that Steph. You're the best. Thank you. And everyone can find your all your content at stupideasypaleo.com, And then the women's summit is
2: women's strength summit.com women's strength
0: summit. So the women's is plural strength <laughs> yeah. summit, a lot of S's. It starts yeah. the 15th. So this will come out on May eleventh. So um, yeah. what can what can listeners do to either sign up or get involved?
2: Yeah, you can grab a free ticket at womenstrengthsummit.com. Anything else that you want to add as far as um,
0: I know people are still probably reading your cookbooks and anything else that you have (laughs) coming up in addition to your podcast, which is Harder to Kill Radio, which I highly recommend.
2: Yeah, Harder to Kill Radio. I mean, I have my six week Harder to Kill Challenge on the website. I'll be relaunching um, my 12 week mindset program later this summer. So at the end of the summer and fingers crossed, um, maybe a book at some point so we'll see
0: (laughs) all right well we'll talk to you again soon i'm sure because this was such a lovely conversation i feel like we went down a lot of rabbit holes but they were all very good i can't wait to see what's next with you thanks for coming on thank you
2: all right thanks for having me you're welcome